and welcome back to the Build Plate. My name is Rainer, and today we have a wonderful show lined up for you guys. Asher, what's yeah. up with Brain Teaser last week? Can you give us an answer? I can. So um, if anyone remembers that Brain Teaser, um, the answer is a candle. So the fatter you are, the longer you burn, uh, apparently. So uh, keep that in mind going forward. But yeah, we got a great show for you. We are both up at very early in the morning recording this podcast. So we're ready to to, to hit the road. With yeah. Some- and, and in other news, I just got a brand new mic. So I hope you guys enjoy my new sound quality. And you know, one thing I figured out, mics are not uh, uh, cheap at all. <laughs> so yeah, went to the store, picked one of these bad boys up. And I think you guys are going to enjoy the sound quality much more. Um, I also wanted to touch on our brother's charity that he's having. And if you guys want to help out with that, we'll post it in the group. So our brother Harvey, he's a, he's a dad. He's a, he really is a stay-at-home dad. Really cool guy. <laughs> he's having a, uh, a little bit of a charity or a glove drive is what he's calling it, I think. Mm-hmm. And it would be really, really helpful and awesome if you guys could, uh, you know, donate even one penny to his cause. It's to help kids actually be gloved um, during the cold winter months. So his story is kind of cool. We'll post a link. You guys can read it. Um, and again, Harvey, good job for making the world that much more of a better place. Um, and other not so charity news. Um, <laughs> I want you got to, what you got what you got. I want to talk about this thing. Uh, so, do you have a uh, like a smart toothbrush? Yeah, I actually do. Gina got me it. <laughs> Man, we didn't even make it five minutes, and Gina's name is coming in. <laughs> I must really love this girl. Oh, rom com boys back. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, I do have a smart toothbrush. I got the Quip, but I don't want to put an advertisement on them for them without them paying us. So, yeah, it starts with a Q and ends with a P. <laughs> okay. So, it's funny that you say that Gina got you one. Uh, a couple of days ago, Danielle bought me one. And that's your fiance, right? Yeah, that's my fiance. And so, okay. she got me the Hum. It's H-U-M by Colgate. And oh. it's, it's very affordable like the Quip. It comes with an app. And... That's what I wanted to talk about because it is it's really cool. Essentially, I don't know how the Quip works, but the smart keep the smart um, toothbrush. You put it in your mouth and you look at your phone. It will tell you if you're hitting the zones okay on your teeth. It's got oh, like yeah. a three three D like involvement. That sounds like uh, a lot more advanced than the Quip that I have. The Quip really what it does is it just monitors the time and it splits two minutes up into thirty seconds for each quadrant of your mouth. So if you took your fingers and put a little cross uh, over your mouth. It would be one quadrant in the upper left, one quadrant in the upper right, and then bottom left, bottom right. So four quadrants, 30 seconds each. What I don't like about that is that when you start with a full loaded toothbrush uh, of toothpaste and you go to the one side, it ends up depositing all the toothpaste in your first quadrant. So what I have to do is I have to take my first like four seconds, five seconds and move all the toothpaste around, let it sit there while I work on one quadrant and then go to the second quadrant, third quadrant, fourth quadrant. So I do love the toothbrush. It actually, it's sonic vibrates. So it's very, very gentle on the teeth, but also Mm -hmm. does a great job cleaning. My mouth never has felt cleaner. (laughs) 
<laughs> I will say that the hum is very similar. Uh, it's got the same sonic vibration. Um, and what's great about it is very affordable. For the standard one, it's like $39. So it's like right there, a little more, a little bit more expensive than the Quip, but I think Quip has some higher end ones as well. Again, not trying to get sponsored unless, well, maybe we are. But <laughs> uh, I, I wanted to bring that up because it's really we cool. Can dream. To, we yeah, can always we dream. dream. <laughs> always dream. Uh, I think it's really cool. And uh, as a, as a the dentist in me kind of comes out, and I got so excited about this, and I definitely recommend checking out the Hum for that affordable price, and it's that cool smart smart technology that um, you know I love, and it's so dear to me. Hum, but, hum. hum. What else do you got today? <laughs> <laughs> so I gotta say, have you heard about this? Is this kind of this whole thing around GameStop? Yes. Oh man, GME is. Going, going to, to the, the moon, moon. <laughs> <laughs> which is really funny you mentioned that because uh, when you want to talk about 3D printing after you're done with your technology review this morning, I actually have done a project with Orv, uh, older brother, for those who don't know, and he came to me and said, hey, I want you to do a project with me because he actually got in on a GME stock a little bit, not too much, but he did get in on that. So uh, he wanted me to do a project. I'll go over it a little bit and I'll show you some uh, pictures Perfect. of it. Uh, when we're done with your segment. Well, just for our listeners, we're going to go over the, the the thing that's going on with GameStop as well as AMC and Nokia. So essentially what's going on is some people on this Reddit, <laughs> this subreddit called Wall Street Bets, noticed that a lot of hedge funds were overshorting, um, like okay. to an extent. To an extent that was just unrealistic, overshorting GameStop. And can you fail. can you go ahead and just give a brief explanation of what overshorting is for yeah. maybe those who don't know? Yeah, I was going to do that. Um, so basically, shorting means that it's when a company or when someone basically bets against um, against a stock or against the company. What happens is a, a hedge fund will go to someone and say, "Hey, I want to borrow a stock for you from you." They'll borrow that stock. And then they will sell that stock at current market value. Okay. Mm-hmm. However, yep. the broker still needs that borrowed stock back. So they're betting that the stock drops, they'll rebuy it at a lower market value, then sell it back to their broker and keep the profits. Okay. I see. So everybody was trying, hoping to get profits on a loss, which is kind of, if you're a positive person, it's kind of hard to make that bet in my mind because it's like, hey, I'm betting on this company to go down. Yeah. Well, but you know, if you're a billion dollar hedge fund or a billionaire, you don't really care about that. But anyways, these people notice this and they're like, you know what? Screw these guys. All right. Screw them. We love GameStop. All right. GameStop is like (laughs) the place of our childhood. Right. I mean, Gina used to work at GameStop. Yeah. Okay. You, everyone loves GameStop. Okay. There's nothing bad about it. Okay. Except for their trade-in prices. (laughs) Right. Those uh, actually kind of blow. Hey, I got this brand new Xbox yesterday and I'm going to trade it in. I don't know why you do that. It's kind of stupid. But uh, how much will you uh, give me for this? $50. 50 bucks. Oh my God, we are on the same wavelength. <laughs> so anyways, that's essentially what happened. And so you're like, you know what? Let's buy it and hold. And so people, random people like you and me who just put like maybe a couple hundred in, some put thousands, some put hundreds of thousands in and it jacked the price up and it's causing what we called a short squeeze. And these billionaires are losing billions. Billionaires. Is that a new term? Yeah, it's, it's for me. 
Uh, anyways, I wanted to talk about that because I thought what, it was. What exactly is a billionaire? Is it somebody a with a lot of money that's really big? <laughs> I don't know. Is it, you know what it is? A big millionaire is someone who's really, really big, but also has some millions. Okay, so a big personality with millions of dollars. A I didn't say personality. Oh, <laughs> I put that in your mouth. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah, it's okay. Um, but I think it's fantastic. And, you know, if anyone's listening to this, has uh, GME, hold it. Uh, it's going to the moon, and we're going to stick it to the man. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, that, that's kind of cool. That uh, I mean, it's cool. Again, I don't know my 100% position on this yet because uh, I guess I haven't really um, done enough research to know if I like what everybody's doing or if it's the smartest thing for our economy because obviously I want to have the best interest for uh, the stock market overall and our country because I don't want uh, you know people to lose the free market. I think that's my biggest worry. But other than that, I do see this happening and I do think it's funny. But at what point does funny get too much, right? Do, do we have to step it back? Well, Are people actually um, losing money here? Are they wrecking people's lives? Are, you, are we going to wreck a company by overinflating it and then potentially... I don't see how it could ever wreck a company having too much money or, I guess, overhead. Well, the thing is, 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 it's not necessarily wrecking a company. Is is It's kind of like being kind of serving justice in a way because they over they overshort over 126%. I mean, that's not really anyone's fault other than the company, other than the hedge fund. And the hedge fund, yes, does have retirements. It does have some plans in there. But they're not going to get wrecked. They're going to get bailed out. They're going to get bought by another company. No, no, nothing's going anywhere uh, except for it's making a lot of rich people mad that after years and years of being able to do this stuff with their own people, some mm-hmm. regular people are doing it now. Right. And it's pissing them off that they found out that we, we have power right. in the stock market and they don't like that. I don't think yeah. anyone is going to to lose a lot of money, you know, in terms of retirements, um, other than you know, really, really rich people. Right, and, and that's, that's good fine. to hear from you because I personally, like, I I have like less than a thousand dollars in the stock market. I just really right now I don't have the overhead right now to pump into there because I have a lot of things I'm saving up for. But um, basically, I'm not really too invested in the stock market. Wow, yes, pun intended. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, I think that's interesting you brought that up. And as I mentioned already, Orv came to me this week and we have a great project uh, to show off and to eventually definitely put on the, on the free market. We're going to probably try to sell it. It's so cool. So so real quickly before we jump into that, because I do want to hear about it, I want to mention something that I think you're going to think is cool. And I discovered this, of course, upon doing my my just my research on tech and things that's up and coming. But they... Um, the University of Maryland has discovered what we call it's a new way of 3D printing. And I don't know if you've heard about this, but they have a new shape changing nozzle that's going to revolutionize 4D printing. Yep, I've actually seen this. Okay. Uh, it, I just read it the other day. I, I think it's really cool. Um, like every new 3D printing technology, it's going to take a little bit of time. I remember reading about revolutions in desktop resin printing. And how somebody came up with the idea to cure resin with a laser and it was a new revolution. And then it took about three or four years for it to really develop and become yeah. something huge. Mm-hmm. But I think 
what this uh, 4D 3D printing is going to do for us. It is really going to allow printing to be done faster and then also without as much waste of material because you can probably print without have print an overhang without having supports, which are things that hold up overhangs while you're printing. If you're only printing in one direction, but I think it's a whole new mindset really to wrap your head around for 4d printing. And I I would definitely like to hear more from them and see what the first machine looks like. Yeah. I I can't wait to see what, what we're going to get out of this kind of invention. I think it's really cool. Um, Essentially, if anyone kind of wants to know a little bit more information or like what it means essentially is that, you know, it can, the best way I can explain it is like, it's got the morphing nozzle. And so the power lies in the side actuators, which can be inflated like a balloon to change the shape of the nozzle. So you can actually change the shape and how you actually create your, your structure on the build plate. And this is going to be incredible for, for the future in terms of like, you know, in terms of applications for biomedical applications. And then also possibly at least the team that is building this 4d printers and talks with the dod for weapon applications so there's a there's a lot of different things you can do with this and i'm excited to see uh, what the future holds for this but i want to mention it just because i know that we talk about 3d printing a lot and i'm a big technology guy and i thought this was really cool right so can can we just dive into a little bit of the meat and bones on this one um I, i'm not sure our audience is going to fully understand a nozzle that moves so let's simplify it just a bit and maybe uh, backtrack and make sure that we fully explain this technology because I don't want to overlook it. It's definitely a technology that has potential to change the 3D printing and the manufacturing world. So let, let's take a step back and understand exactly what you mean by shape-shifting nozzle and how that is different than a traditional nozzle in the 3D printer. So I think the normal way that the, the nozzle works on the 3D printer, and of course I'm out of my depth on this, so please feel free to jump in, is that it has basically a straight nozzle and the filament comes right through. Yeah, let me get a nozzle out right here. I'll show you what a traditional nozzle looks like on 3D printing. Uh, it's basically a very small hole okay. right there. You Almost can see. looks kind of like a pencil tip, right? Uh, yes, and it has a hole through it. So it's a very it's a tube with a very small hole in it, and that hole can change sizes based off of what one you put it in. So I print with a 0.4 millimeter nozzle, which means that that hole where the filament comes out is 0.4 millimeter. Obviously, the smaller hole you have, the better resolution in your print, but also the longer time it takes to print. That makes sense. Okay. So with this 4D one, is that when it changes, it can change shapes so that instead of a straight line of fiber coming down, it can in turn change the orientation of that, the fiber, basically the plastic coming out. So you can have more of a 3D structure. So think about the fact that instead of going straight down, you might be able to spit out to the right or the left. Right. So let's just uh, break it down a little further. You're doing a great job. Uh, basically, the the plastic in a traditional 3D printer uh, would come out in, in it prints in what's known as the z-axis which is the up and down direction mm-hmm. and what happens is it builds up layer by layer at a time so let's imagine we're printing a basic square that is one inch tall what will happen is, is that that print head will come and it will start drawing the square one layer at a time and it will build yeah. it up as a square for one inch using the same motion over and over and over again depending on if you have infill or not but what you're saying is with this 4D printer, you could essentially have the square and then you could have a square on top of it that was not quite directly aligned. 
So what would happen is you would print, start printing the first square. When it got to the second square and it had to start the overhang, it could turn the nozzle, right? Yep. And then it could print essentially in midair, but it wouldn't be in midair because it would be printing. The nozzle would be turned, so there would be no midair. So <laughs> it, it's, it sounds it's a weird confusing. concept. The main we'll, thing we'll, that. We'll post the article. I'm trying to break it down for the audience as much as possible. No, you're doing you're doing a great job. I think um, the main thing to remember is that is we can just to simplify it. Regular 3D printing is up up and down x y axis for this 4D printing. What's cool about it is that it can change the direction of the shape and start doing in the maybe the the x and z x and y axis if needed. Um, so that's an important thing is you could make more more um, basically you can have better structure. You can have more complicated prints, and uh, it can be faster at printing. Okay, that's that's incredible um, technology from another university. And I think people love it when universities develop things because then there's not really patents on them. So, so this is unless the university applies for a patent. But a lot of times if it's done at a university, you can kind of uh, take the basis of the technology and improve on it and then sell designs. I'm not really a lawyer or a patent lawyer, but I know that it's easier if it's developed at a, at a university. I gotcha. So that is basically what I have for you. And I, I just wanted to share that. What's this uh, project you said that it has to do with GameStop? Okay. I'm going to share my screen. Basically Orv came to me and he said, Hey, there's this, there's this thing going on right now with GameStop that we already talked about. And people are using the emoji rocket. Yes. To, to, yeah. to say to the moon, to the moon, to the moon. Dude, my stock's going to the moon. So boy. he's like, he's like, is there any way you can draw the iPhone emoji rocket in 3D and we can print it out? Ooh. And, and so let me share my screen with you. Check this out. This is the oh, emoji rocket. To it's the got, moon. Yeah. And Orv wanted to put tendies on the base there. Oh, uh, yeah. That's important. That's important. That's yeah. to the moon. This thing is phenomenally, uh, I'm not trying to stroke my own ego because Orf definitely helped me draw this uh, in terms of giving design input, uh, what he thought looked better. But I mean, this challenged me in so many ways. And let me give it a little bit of an overview for an audience. We will post this on the Facebook page, but it it essentially looks exactly like the uh, iPhone emoji. And I'll show you actually a picture of that iPhone emoji here. You should be able to see that right now on my screen. And you'll see how closely it mimics it once I turn off. Look at that. Wow, that's awesome. Oh, that looks just like the emoji. <laughs> I know. It's got the blue tip. And then it's got the, the centerpiece with the circle window in it. And then it's got the four fins that look almost identical. In fact, they are identical to the emoji fins. And the only thing we changed is instead of having the yellow flame coming out of it, you can see that we actually put... Uh, a stock arrow underneath it. And then we, we put a nozzle, uh, kind of like a smoke plume underneath that as well. So this thing can all be 3D printed. Uh, if you look at my screen here, you're going to see how it breaks apart. And maybe after this, you can kind of walk the audience through what you're seeing just to kind of give it from a different perspective. You know, I, I'm around this all the time. So I explaining it's easy for me to do, but it won't really give the full picture. So let me go ahead and show you, split this apart real quick and show you. See how each part is drawn in sections? Yeah, yeah. So our intent is to draw the window pieces, the not, the every color that is on the emoji, we're going to print separately. So instead okay. of having to paint this, we're going to just have to assemble all the pieces that are 
printed in different colors. In fact, we already went to the filament store and bought all the filament in all the colors. So this is going to be printing out today while I take a long drive to Grand Rapids. So I'll put it on the build plate and <laughs> hit print and let it start printing. This is really cool. This is really cool. I mean, if you guys want to like a visual representation, just go onto your iPhone if you have one and go to the rocket emoji. And the rocket emoji is what he uh, he and Orv 3D basically made a 3D model of. It is absolutely fantastic in every way. It's it's so detailed. I, I could definitely see just regular people wanting it, not even, you know, GME to the moon people. Right, yeah. <laughs> Think about Dogecoin. That thing's going up. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, push the Doge, man. <laughs> oh, man, that's hilarious. But yeah, I think that this is incredible, and I can't wait to see what this is printed like. Rainer most likely is going to be, you know, putting a picture of what this looks like finished on the Facebook group. If you haven't joined the Facebook group, go ahead and join it. It's just a build plate podcast on Facebook. Okay. Uh, yeah. So this is a great project that we worked at here uh, this week, and we we will be at least printing one of them. Um, the other thing I've been working on this week is, you know, last week we covered all the filaments that it commonly print with. Well, it was almost like somebody thought I need the challenge. Some higher power did because one of my friends came to me and said, hey, I would like you to print something in nylon and I'll give you the nylon. Nylon is a little bit more of a higher engineering grade resin uh, filament. And basically it needs higher heats to print. So what ended up happening is my friend actually gave me a roll of nylon. He said, hey, I want you to make something for my company that we can give or, or just have printed from this nylon that we're trying to sell. Mm-hmm. So I went ahead and I designed them a bottle opener first in gray, my Ooh. gray filament. This is their logo. And you can see here that I took their logo and I cut out a portion of it and I made it possible to print this thing out. And then you can stick a quarter in there. And when there's a quarter in there, it's a perfect bottle opener. And then they can give this to people if they want for showing off their filaments. So that's a little project I worked on. Now, when I say I had to work to get nylon to work on my printer, I actually had to upgrade my printer in several uh, different ways to get this to happen because I currently could not do it. Uh, with my printer, but you can see here, I'm showing you how the quarter goes into the. the oh, print. wow. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Now, now you got that metal lip so you can open, open the bottle. And just so we keep up with the ASMR joke, let's let our audience hear this quarter slip. Into oh this yeah. I can't opener. wait. I can't wait. You ready? Here I'm ready. Yeah. Wow. You get that? That's a click. Is <laughs> yeah, it easy to remove? Click. Yeah. Um, in the PLA version, cause I did prototype it in PLA. It is. In the nylon version, it's a little bit more tough because nylon, um, the supports inside that slot don't come out as well. Interesting. Yeah. So let me talk about a little bit of uh, a few upgrades on my printer that I I did in order to print with nylon. Oh, you have to do upgrades to print with nylon? So is nylon, that's, that's not a plastic, is it? Like, what is it? Oh, yes. Nylon is a plastic. It's a general plastic, just like PLA. It's just a higher grade. It's it's going to be a little a lot more tough, and it requires uh, a higher temperature for printing, and also it tends to warp more when you when you print it off of the build plate. But 
I thought I could print it originally with my stock artillery X1 printer, but after going on my support group, which is on Facebook, it's called um, artillery printer owners or something around the signs. They, and I posted, I said, Hey, I'm thinking about printing with nylon. What kind of things do I need to do to my printer? If any, and they all were like, Hey, you have to replace your heat break. And instead of it being the one that comes with the machine is not uh, all metal. So they said, you need to get an all metal heat break. Essentially the best way I can describe the stock heat break is that there's a tube of plastic that goes all the way through it and it hits the heater band. Now I know you're wondering what a heat break is. Well, let me just explain that so that you understand in the head of the extruder, there is, there are three parts that uh, basically make up the heating block of the, the extruder. You have the nozzle, then you have the actual heat block, I guess, and the nozzle screws into the heat block. And inside the heat block, block there is a temperature gauge, and there's also a electric like heater element, a heating element. So that heats up the nozzle so that plastic can become soft and pliable and get pushed out the nozzle. But then above that, there's something called a heat break. And that's what I had to change this week. And that basically takes the heat from the, from the heat block and it transfers it and dissipates it into the cooling block, which is an element that's above the heater block that actually has a fan attached to it. And it takes the hot air away from the, the whole system. So if you, if you have the one with the tube through it that the machine comes with, it's basically the tube will melt if you have too high of temperatures. Oh, so you have to get something that's all metal. That makes sense now. Yeah. So if you take that tube and you move it up and in further into the system, it's farther away from that heat source. So that's what I had to do. I had to get an all metal one that allowed me that actually the, the slot in it is not wide enough for a tube to fit. It's just wide enough for the material to slide down. And essentially doing that allowed me to move that plastic tube from very close to the heat block in a nozzle to all the way up into the machine above the cooling block or right parallel with the bottom lip of the cooling block, which means that there's not going to be that much heat on that PTFE tube, which is the type of tube that the, that uh, was close to the heater block that lines the original heat break. So with that being said, I had to change that out. And what happened is, is I said, oh, you know what? I, lo- I watched this YouTube video from 2010 and or something. <laughs> it, it was probably a little bit uh, more recent video than that. But I watched it and the guy on there, when he took his heat break off, it was threaded. So I went and I ordered one from Amazon that had a thread on it. And I'm going to just show you here so you understand what I mean. So the top portion, the one that goes into the machine looks like that. You see how okay. it's smooth? Yeah, it looks like a and, cylinder. Yes. And then the one that I thought I had to use looks like this. Oh, it's see like threaded outside. It looks like a screw. Yes, exactly. So you can see that this one right here has that hole all the way through it. And this one has a very partial hole and then it gets narrower. Basically, what I ended up doing is buying the wrong kind of heat break. So I bought the threaded kind because the video I watched for my X1 changing the heat break, it had a threaded heat break. So I bought that, but when I got it and I took my machine apart, lo and behold, it wasn't a threaded kind. It was that smooth kind that you said looked just like a smooth cylinder. So I was in a predicament. I wanted to get this this, uh, thing printed for my friend. And I, my, my, 
when I took out the old one, I thought it was started. Mm-hmm. So I kept twisting it, twisting it, and it wouldn't come out. And then I realized it wasn't threaded. It, it was smooth. <laughs> so Wait, process, how long did you try to spin it? Was it like a good five minutes? Was it, it was, an embarrassing amount of time? It was very embarrassing. I, I'm really <laughs> glad that I wasn't trying to make a YouTube video or something on it. Because I was sitting there twisting. I was like, why is this thing coming out? And then I realized there's two set screws that you have to remove. And then the cylinder just drops right out because it's smooth bore. Sweet. But this is something that I wanted to touch on about Artillery, the company that makes my printer. Why wouldn't they tell people? Like there's people on the forum I was on that were saying, just like Artillery, they make a change and they never tell anybody. The lucky thing here is that I was able to get the smooth bore by the next day. And I ended up also changing out the, there's a lever arm that allows the filament to have pressure when it's going through so it can be pushed in. Yeah, That was plastic on my machine. I ended up just buying a metal one as well. So this is the old one that's plastic. And oh, I'll get you. the other one that I just put on there is metal. So now I have an all metal heat break. I have a brand new metal lever. And I also, um, along the same lines of upgrades, not specifically for nylon, I put a new build plate onto my, my Ooh, artillery X1. Okay. Yeah. So instead of a traditional build plate, which is fine, it just was very hard to get the prints off, and I had to use a pair of pliers. I was gifted for Christmas by uh, Gina's parents a Wham Bam build plate, and this is awesome. Like, so the, metallic- like a Wham Bam, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, essentially. <laughs> Except they're kind of uh, – it, it's funny, actually, because it literally says on the sticker I have on my, uh, on my printer stand, it literally says, Wham Bam, thank you, ma'am. So that's funny you said that. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> yeah. But basically how this works is it's a, you put down a thin magnetic uh, magnet basically across your build plate. So you stick that down. And then on top of that, a thin piece of uh, metal goes on it. And then on that metal, there's a thin piece of plastic that gets stuck to it. And that plastic is called, in my case, I'm using PEX, which is a coating essentially that, that the hot plastic coming out of the extruder nozzle sticks to really well. So I essentially changed out my build plate and now I'm running with a wham bam. What that allows me to do is when the print's done, I can take off this metal sheet of, of, uh, of material and I just bend it and the print just pops right off. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. And then I can just stick it right back. Oh, that's going to make things so much faster and so much more efficient for you. It already has. It's, it's phenomenal. And prints are sticking well to it. One thing I wanted to touch on in terms of printing with nylon, what I learned, I learned that you, probably want to put some kind of adhesion aid onto your PEX sheet because the first time I tried to print nylon, I got a lot of warping and I, I tried putting hairspray down and that didn't work. That's a trick that 3d printers use to get things to stick to their bed. Uh-huh. So instead I put glue stick down, just your standard glue stick that you get from the store. Okay. The area where my, uh, I was going to print the nylon bottle opener with the glue stick. And essentially what that helped, it helped to print stick so well that smooth bottom, no warping, and I didn't need anything else. I just needed glue stick, my PEX sheet, and the print worked fine from that point on. Oh, that's so, so cool. Yeah, I just wanted to let our audience know if you're into 3D printing, you're trying to print with nylon on a wham-bam build system, build plate system, make sure you use a glue stick. And make sure you say thank you, ma'am, afterwards. Yes, and every time I take my print off, I'm like, thank you, ma'am. And Gina sometimes, she's like, who are you talking to in there? I'm kidding. She's never done that, but that would be fun. <laughs> yeah, so that, those are the two big projects I, I, I worked on this week. 
Also, one of our, uh, the guy that I made the divider system for posted that sweet video. So thanks, Ben, for posting that video on our Facebook group. Um, that gave everybody, I think, even a better picture of what it was that we made together. So that was really cool. Other than that, I think that's pretty much wraps up my 3D printing journey for this week. That's awesome. Um, I look forward to getting this rocket actually printed out and um, showing it to people and hopefully even maybe putting it um, on the Etsy and having see, seeing where it goes. I think people will really like this. It's going to be hollow inside and we're going to be able to store some things. So with that being said, I'm done. Do you have anything else? No, I can't thank our listeners enough for joining us while we talk about things that we consider uh, cool. Let's go ahead and get that new brain teaser for our, our audience. Okay, this week's is, since I'm in charge of giving it, it's going to be right up my alley. It is going to be <laughs> practically uh, a, a stupid, stupid brain teaser, but I think it will make you laugh when I tell you the answer. So I'm going to ask it. And uh, then we can wrap up the episode. So the brain teaser this week is, if there is a bee in my hand, what is in my eye? Again, that's if there is a bee in my hand, what is in my eye? Oh my goodness. (laughs) I I don't even know the answer to this one, but I know that if Rainer (laughs) thought of it, it's got to be something that's so outrageous, but also kind of hilarious. Awesome. Thank you so much for for giving our teaser. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you again next Sunday. Absolutely. Thank you so much, guys. It's been an absolute wonderful time over these last four episodes. And uh, we always, always like to hear back from you guys and uh, hear what you guys are thinking of our content and also what else we can do to make this a better experience for you. So without further ado, I'm going to stop talking and you guys have a wonderful week. Thanks. Can you stop sharing so I can turn off our recording? Okay. Uh, Wow, where did it go? This podcast has been produced and edited by Asher and Rainer Brown.